Welcome to a particularly exciting mini-episode of Radio Free Demos. Well, I'm excited anyway. A few weeks ago, we were invited to a playtest game for Ixunt Draconis 2.0, run by the game's author, Pierce Frazier, a.k.a. Sev. Also joining us during the session is Tygon, who has had a lot more experience with the new rules than we do, and runs his own test sessions, which he posts to the official HSD Discord threads. As far as the podcast hosts go, this is our first real exposure to the rules for 2.0, which is likely to go live around a year from now. This is actually the second session of this particular playtest. The first one we lost because the group of people with a small recording studio thought that the guy with the software was recording and the other way around. So there's a round of meet the characters that you didn't get earlier. The characters are part of a glam rock band and detective group, Bang Bang Bang, Pop Detectives, cribbed from the 70s and 80s Saturday morning cartoons. We even have a talking lateral. Tygon is playing Malian Liger, a progenitus pulse sabertooth, who's the moody and mysterious one. In my head, he's lead guitar and probably one of the performers at stage front in the spotlight. Wines is playing Ayo Onabajo, a Nancy Drew-style detective and the band manager, also a lateral hyena. She's got more of the smarts than the rest of the group. Ashtar is playing Zelik Kosu. <laughs> Zelik Kokosha. I think that's right. Kokosha? Keyboard special effects and solving technical disasters. He's a flap fox with a mysterious past. And I'm playing Luca Martin, a fluffy bioluminescent Samoyed dog, lead singer, and the designated pretty boy and party airhead. I think the party mostly keeps him around for his pulse expense accounts. In the missing episode, the party got to Space Station Bastion, lost the gig playing the ball-ball game halftime show, and picked up a job as IRPF investigators because there was no one else qualified to do the job, and I'm not really sure we're qualified, but we said we were. Three messy murders needed solving, each one a season ticket holder for the ball-ball event, and in this episode, the party thinks they found the culprit. But before we get started with the game, I have a couple of quick news items from the Radio Free Damus website. Project Blue Skies is underway, with four entries so far, and Project Blue Skies is our effort to make write-ups for the Blue Skies and Space Stations bought by backers for the Sound and Silence Kickstarter. So far, we've got the Bolt and Bolt Rivet Rig, Hawking Station, Draco Loop, and our own Voltaire Station up and running. So go to RadioFreeDemos.com, that's D-E-I-M-O-S, and check the link at the top of the page. Secondly, and related, the Wayfinder's Guide to Soul is live, if a bit underpopulated. This is a travel guide to people, places, and events around Seoul with Game Master advice and PC tips. Check the show notes for a link to the Wayfinder's Guide, pics of the characters from the game, links to the original two-hour play session videos, and more. That's all at RadioFreeDemos.com, or go to Codex.RadioFreeDemos.com and poke around the new site. With that out of the way, uh, let's get to the game. Manimi? All right, we'll get back to it then. Uh, when we last left our heroes, they had embarked in our, uh, a grand space exodus that brought them to distant locations where they were fraught with misfortune and and intrigue and, and the deaths of friends and loved ones and perhaps the salvation of an entire civilization. And we should all wish those heroes good luck. But when we last left you guys, um, you were in a space station of uh, ill repute. Oh, no, it's actually good repute. I can't keep track of my space stations these days. Uh, a space station of good repute that was hosting a large pulse event, uh, several large pulse events in neighboring ships that were all floating all around it. You had just arrived in the hopes of getting the halftime show, uh, and your hopes were promptly dashed upon arrival, as is the story of many a budding band, I'm sure. But uh, you got a side job, uh, which is nice because it pays for your ticket home, which you were really hoping was going to get paid for by the halftime show, and apparently is not. 
the, you, you got picked up to uh, do some police work because currently all the officers are, um, I just realized that was an extra pun based on the setting. No, that, that's a mistake. I apologize for that one. Um, no, I take credit for that one. And, <laughs> and then uh, first. I feel bad. <laughs> anyway, um, you, you get uh, brought in as independents because they just don't have the staff to handle this right now. There, there are other people who are like, oh, this is a murder, which is very important. Oh, Pulse is throwing a whole bunch of money at us to make sure that their employees don't get murdered. Well, uh, well those guys are already dead. See what else you can find. Um, and you came in with good references, uh, which consisted of who knows what. Um, you're not the vacuum cleaner. You did promise not to suck. So uh, that seems pretty good uh, at the time. The first lead that you had available was that uh, they had died in a specific location, and it looked like the tapes had been edited from the point of their death. And there was a little little kind of manhole cover on the ground in the middle of what appeared to be a park, and there was nothing there. And then a moment later, there was a strewn body kind of stuck across it and various people pointing and screaming. And that's more or less where we pick up. So where to? So the, the Pulse people who are, no, Pulse, IRPF people who are just better detectives than we are, I think, for some reasons, suggested that maybe victims might have had a single team they were supporting or a betting pool they were all kind of looking at, and we were maybe going to investigate that. And AO, you were going to get some video footage? We already had that. Uh, I thought we were going to go to the uh, the place where the body was found. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the, the, we, you left off that. You were on your way to the place where the body was found, yeah. Yeah. But those other things seem good, too. <laughs> uh, so you have the nearest little Zoomy device, um, which at this point is just ground transportation, although public transit is pretty big around here. Uh, it gets you most of the way there. It is not crowded going the direction you are going because you're heading away from the ports right now, and most people are heading off that way. But you do get a good view of kind of the local things. And just because all the action is going place on neighboring ships um, doesn't mean that there isn't a lot going on here, too. You're kind of getting a different crowd on the interior now. It's kind of like the convention goers that aren't actually going to the panels or anything else that, that has anything to do with like the convention. They're just sort of milling about the hallways and seeing things. These are folks that had the cash to kind of make the trip, which might not have equated to actual cash. Maybe they just had favors or maybe they just had logged time on IRPF ships that can get them here. Perhaps they just had a reason, a timeshare, any, any particular reason to be in this building. And they chose to cash in now because all this other stuff is going on and it's a buzz with activity and commerce and, and fun opportunities that they don't normally get. So um, they're not heading off toward the actual events, but they're close by and engaging in the revelry and, and all, the, all the local dives um, or what accounts for a dive. Um, most of them are just kind of... Ten forwards, you know, they're they're fairly well kept areas. Uh, have more company than they normally would. Many of them uniformed, or some of them just wearing IRPF iconography that is just civilian wear, essentially, you know, shirt with a logo on it, or off-duty officers, or any sort of thing like that. But they're they're busy, uh, so you get a chance to see a lot of that stuff going on. Is this a pretty prosperous crowd, or is it kind of covering a? financial wide range you're not really seeing a whole lot here necessarily that that suggests that this place is a slum or anything um it it, it just sort of looks like well let's do a community perceive oh and you're looking for something specific so i'm gonna say we'll go protocol so you'll do community perceive um just a normal check involving protocol adding the protocol to it and I don't have any dots in protocol, so that's just no modifier? Or Yeah, pretty much. You'll do the, the two dice, and then you'll add your community perceived score and nothing. 
Um, and did you have any points of community perceive? You had something, right? Oh, right. Stat dots. Yeah, so that would have been um, a six. Okay. Impressive. You get nothing. <laughs> um, they, they all look like pretty happy people to you. Uh, it's just a bunch of folks hanging around in bars, watching TVs, uh, and, and doing whatever in their off hours, uh, as far as you're concerned. Um, surely, if they had any class whatsoever, they'd all be listening to your music. That seems legit. I'm not sure which class that would be, if that's like good class, bad class, or what, but they, they would certainly get more cultured uh, in one way or another. <laughs> Um, things zooms by unless you guys want to make a stop for whatever reason cruising nope. forward you will eventually arrive at the police lines for the crime scene um, and they're set a ways back so that nobody can get nearby and there is a bit of a crowd because there's some concern here you're not entirely sure how much has been given away um, before you guys left you were issued a little uh, little app on your Tago that just kind of shows that you're official investigators so you can flash that to get through lines and, and get some cooperation so they don't just check you out but at the moment, there's there's a bit of a crowd around these things, some members, some worried people, um, and not a huge uh, to-do. It looks like they've managed to kind of quash local fears a bit, just you know, maybe half a dozen people wandering about the outside, kind of wondering what's going on. Everybody else has moved on with their day. Are, are there some officers there keeping an eye on the scene? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's guarded on on the perimeter, and there's there's you can see a little crowd up on the hill close to where the actual thing happened. Not too many of them, though. There's maybe two watching the lines, and one, perhaps another, that's just too small to see up at the top. Okay, well, let's uh, uh, approach them and identify ourselves. Yeah, they they will <laughs> check your your app and be like, "Oh, good, <laughs> we, we need to send them somewhere else." And they check you back up toward the top. And they point toward the top. Well, th thank you for keeping an eye on this, sir. Um, there hasn't been any, anyone hanging around the scene that you've noticed, has there? No witnesses left. Okay, good. Well, well, we'll check it out and try to have this done as soon as possible. Thank you. He he looks um, a little bored with the whole thing. You might get the impression that he wishes he were elsewhere. <laughs> Probably. This is just one of the people who's watching the line at this point. He's not even really involved in the investigation. Um, you get up to the top and there are two people there, um, that are, that are kind of looking things over and poking things down. They don't appear to be looking too far into it though. One of them is feverishly tapping at their, their, uh, little smart screen tablet that is trying to coordinate half a dozen different fires at once. And the other one looks like they have finished cataloging various data on the surface and is more or less just waiting to be excused. I'll take a look at that surface. So, so, so what do you have so far? Yes. Who are you? Oh, I'm, I, 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 we're, we're part of a group that's been commissioned to take a look at this. Who's doing the talking right now, by the way? I don't have any lit up icons. Oh, the, the, this is, this is uh, 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 wine slash IO. Okay, so this is the lateral. Correct. They're, they're going to they're gonna look down and, and kind of like raise a brow going, so you're, uh, what, what is this then? He says, gesturing to the entire group, you're, you're investigators? Yes, I, I'm the brains of the outfit. I see. Uh, go ahead and, and roll community and communication. So it's going to be community, exert, and communication. They will likewise do the same. A one and a one. All right. Actually, this isn't contested, so I'm just waiting for your successes. Uh, and you are complicated for this particular thing. Okay. So that's just going to downgrade one of your dice, the one specifically for stats. Okay. Now, there's communications, correct? Yeah. Well, it's so that's the um that's the proficiency one for the complication it's your stat one if you either had if you had like a, a simplify in in communication that doesn't get affected by a complicated 
or if you had a boon rather in communication uh, doesn't get affected by a complicated in communication so that but so that'll stand that's still a d12 right but if the other one if you didn't have anything for the other dice it downgrades to a d8 okay i i have a, a one for the other one so that'll be downgraded to a, to a d8 and no modifiers so just so just one day plus one die 12 correct uh plus your community exert score and your communication score Okay, there we go. Okay, 13, cool. That is it, I believe. I'm going to double check your document because I believe 12 is the number we're looking for. Target number begins at 15, so, that, so you're a little low on this guy. So he, he looks a little concerned about the overall um, feeling of this thing, unless you want to focus into it. Or you can use a tool to give yourself a boost. Tool to be more convincing. The badge might help. Oh, we, 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 that's right. We're giving badges. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. Flash, flash, flash. That's, that's totally the same thing. <laughs> okay. Um, that's useful. I mean, that. so that's a, a, a prop that, that lends credence to your, to your story there. So that bumps you up by another two. Alternatively, um, we could set you up at like a pool of sunlight, a light breeze gently caressing your fur, <laughs> like apple leaves floating by. <laughs> that's, that's only for seduction checks. You're just trying to get the job done here. The badge is more useful there. <laughs> So you, you, uh, you, you'll bring up the, the, the proper colors um, to support your story. And reluctantly, he goes, oh, okay. Well, I um, guess we'll leave you to it. Let us know if... Actually, don't. I've got enough to do. <laughs> could, could you transfer to my UI any fo photographs or data you've gathered so far? He does. Uh, sends it over to you. You get a, a, a well-documented crime scene. Shows the body before it was taken, um, sitting right on top of the platform you're currently on. Nothing else has really been moved, um, so the, the blood stains are still here. Um, you're not really seeing a whole lot that was led here, so it does kind of lend support to the idea that uh, it was brought up from down below this, this platform. Um, the platform is actually in the ground itself. It's like in the middle of a grassy field, but it's a metal access cover, essentially. Okay. Thank you, sir. They, uh, they will wave as they head off toward whatever uh, critically important task uh, is on their next docket, which could just be lunch. Lunch is important. Yep. Um, but as they tell you, if they leave you alone, um, the, the guards are still down there watching the line, as they must, but uh, don't appear to be particularly interested in coming up to visit the scene, either because they're not qualified or because it's too much of a bother. You, uh, you are alone at the... Um, unit in front of you is this large i'm going to say 12 by 12 metal platform presumably used to access areas below the actual ground level which in that case of this station would make it spinward closer to space so there's also a little access panel down here built into the floor to get in and not much else from detail it's got uh, the little little iconography of the maintenance corp that keeps track of it that's about it okay oh uh, actually, before those guys totally run off, I'd like to just give both of them a sniff, just so I, I, I can tell what they smell like, as opposed to any other odd smells there. Uh, are you going to attempt to be, like, uh, discreet about said sniffing? No. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, one, the one that uh, was originally concerned kind of backs away, like, the hell are you doing? <laughs> uh, it's for research. <laughs> he takes get the takes off for the end. Do a community perceive, and this is a basic perception check. So um, this is one that doesn't get added any kind of uh, proficiency to it. You're going to be doing the two dice and adding your community perceive score to it, um, but you don't have the benefit of knowing what you're looking for. You're just trying to catch something. 
is there a skill no, 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 no proficiency is there proficiency involved or is it just a stat no that was that was the uh, the thing that i just mentioned there because you don't know what you're looking for there's no proficiency that's really added into it okay so it'd just be die 10 plus my score of community perceived two so die 10 plus two well uh you, you still get the extra die it's just a regular die as a, oh, as okay. a two, ten. So two, yeah two die 10 plus two. Oh, and you were doing the sniff thing right what's the what's the rule on uh, reclaimed olfactory, simplify body perception in regards to scent. Okay. My objective yeah. of doing this was just to identify the smells of the officers so that I could eliminate them. I could ignore those scents. Right, but for the, the sake of the check that I'm having to do to do this, you can simplify this one too. I didn't ask okay. about it, but go ahead and re-roll that four with a d12 and stone. So one die 10 plus one die 12. No, just just reroll that. We'll we'll knock the four one up there because that should have been simplified just because of the the bonus you got there. I got lower. Okay, so it's still gonna be a four. You can't really you can't get a lower on a reroll, so it's still a four. You don't pick up much from him, um, but you are successful in in kind of determining that uh, what their scents are, or at least the degree that you're pretty sure you can figure them out from the area around them. Sure, sure. Uh, they've been here for a little bit, at least as long as it took you guys to get here. Probably longer because the bodies had to get back. So. Um, it's not surprising they're ready to go. Okay, well, I'll, I'm going to sniff around the scene and let, let you all do your hands things. I, I look at the body area. Well, there's no body here. I look at the area as if the intent is to look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> you succeed in looking like somebody who's looking very hard at an area. Great. <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good place to begin. Solid beginning. So, uh, how 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 much blood splatter is there? A fair bit. Um, this this one, the one that was found here was. Um, I'm gonna say it's the one where the lower half of the body was missing. Wait, did I say they were all found here? Or just one. I'm trying to remember the notes. Just one. Just one. Just one. Yeah. So it was yeah. the, the one that yeah the the one that had the lower half of the body missing was here. So you're you're looking at a pretty hefty blood stain. Okay. I think this is the cog. No, uh, the cog, who was ripped in half? Shit. No, one was a crushed one, one had a crushed ribs. Oh, yeah, that was the cog, wasn't it? Okay, so, yeah, we'll, we'll go with that route. I already said blood. Let's put two bodies here. That seems fun, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll do the one that was, was missing half the face. Uh, I was also here. So two of them were found. Okay. This is what happens when I don't get a chance to actually prepare things ahead of time because I'm <laughs> doing other things in life at the moment. <laughs> Lose track of where my bodies are. You would make a horrible criminal. Yeah, it's fair. Okay. Uh, so yeah, a mix of uh, various uh, servo fluids, coolants, and, and bodily uh, drippings. So and, and just 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 so that I that 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 I understood of this this correctly, that's like a platform that came from underground where they were found on, right? Yeah, it's it's basically a service elevator. Okay, it's like a big big flat uh, plate that can probably descend or open. Zelik, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I forget. Do you, you have technical skills, right? So for the uh, cameras that they had here. Mm-hmm. There going to be any chance of getting more information directly out of the camera itself? Uh, you can have a look at it. It's built into that control module that's on the floor. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. You do a mind exert and engineering. And are you going to look at it with anything? Do you have any kind of tools that'll 
Would it be bad form to pull out a craft suite at this point, or is that for other purposes? That's if you're trying to break into certain systems, which you might be able to do here if you're trying to, but I don't know that you would need to. They gave you access to everything. Yeah, they gave us access to the part that's already been had the deleted part cut out. I'd be trying to kind of bypass that and see if that deleted stuck around internally or something. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, sure. Go ahead and use it. Engineering or sabotage at that point? Um, that is sabotage. And if anybody says, listen, all y'all, you will not be the first to make that joke. And what kind of tool would the craft suite be at this? Five? Yeah. Do you want to use any focus? I mean, I can't get much worse than that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it literally can't get worse than that. Rerolls are pretty safe. You can't roll lower than you had before. Okay. So is a reroll for a single dice or for the whole roll? Yeah, it's for one dice. And then focus is just per session? Just mark one of those off for the session? Yeah, you just knock it off for the... They're called acts for the for the sake of keeping terminology. Um, because sometimes sessions, if you're, if you're running like marathon games with eight-hour sessions, you don't get limited to that. You get limited toward the act that you're in so for the moment yeah did you got three well i can say that i didn't get any worse it's just beautiful it's beautiful um so if you want to there's actually you can't re-roll re-rolls but you can add to them using focus too if you want to so it's up to you you could just accept a failure quick question mm -hmm. how close are the crowds that we're observing are they like 10 feet away or no it's it's a bit of a distance you're up on a hill um so that's why you can they couldn't see the blood stains from the bottom so they don't exactly know what was going on um, but they're probably 30, 40 feet. Ayo, do we know anything about who found the body first? Was that any of the documents you've been looking at? No, check the documentation. Um, so it was reported automatically by the, the camera system. They're, they're monitored just to make sure nobody breaks into them. Hmm. While all factorially examining the area, I'd like to see if I can spot any other sensors or cameras in the area that might be worth checking for footage or records all right go ahead and do a uh, body perceive and uh it's the same deal as last time you're going to get your 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 d12 because you've got the bonus on body perceive but since you don't know specifically what you're looking for it's not uh there's no proficiency added to it okay so 1d10 plus 1d12 plus your body perceive score body perceive which is two so mm -hmm. there we go well, that's pretty good though um, so yeah, you uh, are, are searching the area there um, and are, are successful in picking out a few things to it. You get a scent of, of um, some mechanical objects. Um, it doesn't really smell like the cog. They have a distinct scent to it, and this one smells more like machinery. Could could be the uh, the platform itself. There's a lot of stuff under this. It goes down for quite a ways. Um, you do get a scent of several other people. So there were definitely other people here that you haven't witnessed yet, but it's tough to figure out exact time frames of who and how long ago, because this is a populated area. So presumably before this body was found, people could have just been picnicking up here. Sure. But yeah, folks have been here. Um, there, you, You're getting, what did you have there? You got a 19. What is my difficulty threshold written as here? 1924 is just challenging. Yeah. So um Oh, no, that's about the, uh, the 18 for the regular one. So I'll give you a little extra. Um, you, smell, you can smell the, the blood and get a, a kind of decent idea of how long it's been there. Uh, and you, you kind of think that, that the attack didn't take place on this location. It's possible it, it, they were dragged here, um, but there doesn't seem to be any trail leading to it. So if they were dragged here, they were dragged onto it. 
uh, off of some other platform, maybe a vehicle or maybe onto this from a lower location. Hmm. So guys, how do you feel about dark cramped spaces? You want to see if there's any witnesses in the area first? Sure. We are literally lights. Dark's not a problem. <laughs> um, so your crowd at this point is, is only about, you know, five or six people, uh, and you are hours after the event. So they're not, they're about primary witnesses. The guy down at the bottom of the hill told you that. Yeah, but it's, it's people. I'll, I'll let this one go. <laughs> you, you, you can sign photos later. If, if, unless anyone else has any other particular ideas, I, I guess it looks like we need to look downstairs because that sounds like a good idea. All right. Um, you can get the uh, control panel to respond just by overriding it with your security clearance. Ooh, fancy. Beep, boop, beep. I'll let you through. Um, there is a, a hum as the system engages. It uh, feels like a pretty, you know, there's, there's like a delay. It's not quick. So it, it feels like some pretty heavy duty um, uh, support mechanisms are kind of locking into the thing as it begins to go down. This is probably meant for transporting pretty heavy objects, freight, anything that, that needs to get up and down from the bowels of the station, uh, replacement machinery, stuff like that. So it takes a minute to get going. Um, but once it starts, you begin to descend downward, uh, and it's bright for a little bit, um, but it, it will quickly begin to dim as the square shaped hole that you're going down to begins to recede in the distance. It probably startles you how far you're actually going. Um, it's once you get into the ship, it's easy to think that you're, you're only, you know, meters away from the skin of it, but you're actually a pretty fair distance from the outside of the, uh, space station. Um, and as it goes deeper and deeper into the hole, um, you feel heavier because you're heading out toward the side. So things just kind of begin to uh, weigh down a little bit more because you're heading a certain distance. You're descending by floor after floor, 10, 20, 30, 40 onward past 100 feet. Wow. Uh, it's vacuum at the stop button. <laughs> you're letting the space in. Ah, uh, damn it. it Eventually, as uh, security uh, doors will close above you in case the space does start trying to get in, um, <laughs> you uh, will arrive down to the bottom of it, um, and there is a little blinking light waiting for you to open the door. Excellent. Just checking real quick. We are still in contact with the the network. Is there a name for that, for just the, the, the being online? Uh, oh, what, what, you know, yeah, there's Sol Solnet's one of the networks. There's actually a lot of different networks. The idea of, of, of a free and clear internet that everybody shares didn't really survive, uh, okay. as, as is evidenced by Congress and various other things. Right. <laughs> um, but, but there are larger ones that are all kind of linked into each other. At the moment, though, no, you don't have much. You have the internal network of the station itself, um, mostly for communicating the maintenance that you're attached to, and you don't have any direct signal to the outside. It's a lot of metal between you and the main broadcasting areas. Okay. Apparently they didn't feel the need to do little echoers down here in the maintenance tunnel. Mm. All right. Well, let's open up and take a look. Uh, there is a, a slow and, and steady grind as the uh, large doors for the maintenance access way open up. 
um, and they they spread out 10, 15 feet in either direction to let large machinery on and off of the platform. Um, and in front of you is kind of inky darkness for a moment until there's a, a sudden of light that beams down from the top and illuminates the floor directly ahead of you onward for about, uh, say, 50 feet or so um, from an overhead light that detected your, your current position. And off in that direction are cathedral-like ceilings, really tall, uh, massive ceilings that go to the upside. So they're probably 30, 40 feet up. Um, and just huge beams that are supporting some of the larger guts of the ship from the outside. You're down near the parts that really kind of keep the place together like ribs. And uh, it's a kind of muffled cold out here. I've never been underneath that blue sky before. This is really interesting. You could hold a huge party down here. You really could. Uh, the, the square footage is quite impressive. Um, who has Spacer on their background? Uh, nope. I nope. thought one of you did. I guess not. Never mind. We were talking about it. Okay. Uh, so no offhand knowledge of, of exactly what this is used for, but you can kind of just tell from looking at it that it's primarily maintenance. So people probably aren't walking around here that often, but large machines that have to repair really big things are probably walking around here a lot. You don't see anything directly offhand. So is the floor clean, dirty? The one in front of you appears to be clean. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. I need everybody in the middle of the spotlight. Luca, uh, program 37B. Let's get get some for our fans. No, no, this is great. Yeah, the big empty backdrop. Sure, I'm, I'm for it. <sighs> I'll step off to the side. Okay, for a moment. Bring the hyena back here. <laughs> <laughs> the managers are not talent. Oh, oh that's true. You guys doing selfies? So as you take it, as you prepare to do your selfie there, you, you, you pan the uh, camera around the back, you get your uh, uh, holograms ready to, to kind of give yourself a nice backdrop. Um, your, uh, your, your little Snapchat, you know, does the automatic, this would be a great place to get murdered. Hashtag on the bottom. <laughs> um, uh, and, and as you're looking at the camera, looking back at you, um, and the distance down toward the darkness, another beam of light appears probably four or 500 feet away toward the curvature of the station, uh, as something moving causes the lights to trip. Uh, we're not alone. Can you get a good, good view of it? Uh, you can look back toward it, but it's too distant. Um, but then it turns off again and then ding, the next light closer trips. So, so just as a game master note, I am bioluminescent and nervous. <laughs> uh, you are probably quite visible because you have a big light highlighting you currently. Um, but what's happening is that the distant object is below your line of sight horizon from the curvature of the station. So you're seeing the top lights pinging. You can't actually see what's on the floor coming toward you. Can we hear anything? Uh, anybody have like enhanced senses for that? Oh, only night vision. No, okay. Um, not not particularly. I mean, you can try to do a check for it, but it's off a ways. Okay. Just machinery, right? I mean, there's no... Mostly. I mean, there's other noises here. There's humming. There's some weird sounds you've never really heard before. There could be... Um, there's a lot of... This is where the guts of the ship are, so there's, there's a lot of things that are just kind of making sounds, but that's the only thing you really see lighting off, and ping, the next closer one comes in. You said we had access to the uh, maintenance network here, right? Mm-hmm. Can we just turn all the lights on? 
Uh, yeah, you'll have to find your location, though. Like, you can turn all the lights on for where you are, but you actually can't turn all the lights on for the blue sky. The the actual power draw would be too high. <laughs> You're talking about lighting up the exterior of a five-square-mile cylinder. It's actually kind of tough to do. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, but if you can if you can get into the the system and track down where you are, just go ahead and do a. If you're trying to do that, do a logic check. So uh, mind exerting logic. This one's on you, Ashtar. <laughs> oh yeah, working on it. Uh, do we have any GPS apps or helpers that would turn that into an operate? So the operate's going to be. It's mostly just trying to figure out where you are right now. You can try to see if there's a built-in routine, which would be an operate. But that's going to be kind of luck. You we won't be able to tell it exactly what it is you want it to do. You're just trying to get into the system and hope that there's a local lighting option. Okay, so you said mind exert, logic. Uh, does the toggle that we'd have out count as anything, or is we just doing this without tools? No, you can you can do a plus two for that. Okay. Um, you think you know where you are. Um, you're you're fairly certain that you you might be able to get it to light up nearby stuff. That won't solve the fact that you're pretty far away from what's, what's coming toward you, um, but it might get at least a little bit more illumination in there. Yeah, I'm definitely a little bit more comfortable with a little bit more light around us. So let, let's fire those up. Okay. Um, a whole bunch of lights kind of snap on over there. Um, uh, unfortunately, there's a, a, a brilliant flash of light as you kind of get them on. And then as your eyes adjust, you realize it's not bright, you know, friendly, helpful illumination. It's red emergency lighting. Oh, um, that uh, tapped into. Um, so now, instead of being dark with a distant light, a distance, you you do have more of a view, but it's a slow strobing red forbidding light that comes from the top and the ceilings, and a very long line leading off toward a distant horizon. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the other overhead lighting seems to have gone away, so you've lost your your uh, judgment of its pacing. That didn't help. Well, you can see. Uh, you just uh, don't know exactly how fast it's moving anymore. <laughs> Will the night vision that two of us have help us? Any? Mm -hmm. Go ahead and do a, a body perceive and and um, head off in that direction. Okay, body perceive. And that's not modified by a skill because it's perception. Okay. Mm -hmm. No, this is, um, I, I know a few of you guys actually took like benefits to perceive checks as like special things in character creation. Just keep track of that if you've got it, because I don't know offhand if somebody did. I had thought that some of you did that in the custom options, took benefits to some kind of perceive. Um, Social perceive. Ah, uh, okay. Me, I'm afraid. <laughs> now, I'm just going to throw this out there. That the thing that was most likely to tear someone in half could be a maintenance bot. Yeah? An angry bot. Well, on the bright side, finding blood trails should be easier down here. Not a blood. Uh, I, I don't know. Well, well it, it'll be easier to smell. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's always a silver one. Uh, no luck there. Just looks like red strobing. Fair enough. Was somebody else rolling? I thought two people had... Uh yeah, I'm yeah. gonna do that as well. I was just checking if I had any simplifiers I wasn't aware of anymore. But no, so pretty much the same. Body perceive, right? Mm hmm Yeah, okay. 
Nice. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> High dice can happen. Um, you uh, you are able to stare off toward the distance, and, and um, either it's the red lights or uh, the red ball, uh, whatever it is that you put in your system recently, uh, kicks in uh, like an old VTech meme and allows you to see far off into the distance. Um, so for just a, a matter of system, critical successes and such, let's check uh, what it has written for it. But I believe it's if you succeed the check by a certain amount. So down here, if you check exceeds target number by more than five, the result in something great happening, which you have succeeded in doing here. If you fail the check by more than 10, you fail it hard. So that's your critical failure. And um, we'll just try to keep track on it. But you were able to see very well, um, despite the conditions far off into the distance. Um, and you are fairly certain you see uh, a mechanical shambling horror. Uh, it is a, a maintenance machine of, of considerable size, not enormous, but bigger than you are by a fair bit, um, with several large um, lifting and or grasping uh, appendages um, suspended from the ceiling from a, a rail system um, designed to support it. So it's not actually walking on the ground. It's kind of hanging downward with a large central unit and uh, several grasping manipulators. Uh, coming from then, and it's heading toward you at a decent pace, uh, gliding along its its uh, ceiling bearings. Uh, and while it may just be um, the adrenaline and or the uh, it, lighting that you're seeing, uh, there appears to be something dripping from its hands. So how about we aren't in this hallway? What are our not-in-this-hallway options? Is this a big open room, or is there a lot of... So you've come out of the the elevator entrance area, which is um, on its its own kind of four four rails going downward, but the uh, area around it is pretty clear. So it's it's kind of a big empty zone. Uh, it probably goes off 30 feet in either direction or further, um, and there isn't much here to see. Off toward behind you, now that you have the lights, you're seeing it, you can see another structure off sort of at the distance and uh, maybe it's a surveyor's area or maybe it's a tool storage room you can't tell running off in the other way um you could presumably try to get back on the elevator if you wanted to try you actually haven't really left it um but you don't know if it's responding anymore you just used it to activate the emergency lighting so who knows um the uh the don't know what's in the uh distant building either so, um, so but that, that trick you did with the lights could you do the opposite of that with the robot? That's actually a good idea. How about that off switch? So that'll well, be an operate. Worth a shot. See if that's still connected to the network. Yeah. Go ahead and do a mind exert and operate. Any tools specific to this one? Just the same one as last time. You've got the console itself there, so plus five. All righty. Operate. Go. Entry. Not amazing, but good enough. Um, that... I can re-roll that one. I do okay. have one more. Focus. Oh, you actually can't. So focus can't re-roll ones. Oof. Right. Ones is just a fate going against you. If you really want to, what you can do is spend two focus. You're allowed to boost. You can boost it up to a two and then re-roll that two. It's really just to make you sink a lot of focus into a reroll if you roll really badly. Can't afford that at this point. Okay, then um, the 16 is enough to, to know that uh, according to the system you're looking at, there isn't a robot nearby. Hmm. 
It could be that the system just doesn't track those sort of things, or uh, it could be that that robot is off the grid, but it's it's not reporting any kind of active like maintenance machinery. Huh. Is there a room or sub area near here that looks smaller than the robot can get into? I mean, how large is it? Like a car sized, a truck sized? Uh, well, it's tough to tell from the distance, but um, it, it looks like it is probably capable of doing something with those lifting hands, uh, forklift oriented. So it's probably big. Mm -hmm. So we've got the little building at the far end of the room and the, the elevator hallway that we came through if we want to flee this. Is it plausible the building might be too small for the robot to get into, maybe? It's pretty big. You don't know much about what its capabilities are. I mean, there's a front door there that looks like it's only big enough for a vector to get through. Um, but it's, it, it, yeah, the, the building itself is is big enough for something to be in. Okay. If it can rip apart a cog, it can probably open up a bigger hole. Yeah, we probably want to get out of here. Not Not feeling confident about hacking it? Um, it's going to do the bigger hack job. <laughs> if 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 the system says it isn't there, I probably have to get in, into physical contact with it. Oh. oh, the other issue is if you go fleeing from this situation right now, the only thing you'll really have to report is there was a maintenance machine down there with drippy hands and we left. And it was really scary. Well, <laughs> so that probably won't result in a paycheck, uh, which is <laughs> the other thing. Uh, I'm going to videotape it, or not videotape. There's no such thing as tape anymore. I'm going to get a video of it on my phone, uh, toggle, and say, hey, we're in maintenance quarters, some 14. There's a bot here. There's no record of it on the uh, list of assigned maintenance drones in the area. It looks like it's dripping with gore. If my agent hears this, I died pretty. <laughs> Unfortunately, as you're you're holding it up to videotape it, you forget that your Snapchat filters are still on, so it does the screaming demon face as you kind of do it off in the distance. And <laughs> no, okay, so you're 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 able to record. Are you guys uh, trying to head up or trying to head toward the the larger building? Kind of feeling well, heading towards the building, unless y'all strongly disagree. No, building is okay. Okay, okay. Let, let's have a, head over there. Sounds All good. right. You will book it off toward the building. Um, you are uh, encountered. You get up there. It's a pretty large area. Um, looks like there is a garage door that might allow you to get, um, you know, maintenance buggies out there if you were trying to move across the station fast. Um, it's not actually on the map, though. It's just a, a generic map. We're, we're kind of making this up at the moment. But the, uh, the, there is a front door there um, that does not immediately open when you go to open it. So uh, there appears to be a locking mechanism of some kind and the uh, garage doors that are also closed. The thing appears to be shut down right now. It does have a little light out in the front that just kind of illuminates the front door. And flashing credentials does not make it obligingly open? It's You might be able to, to get it into if you're going to try to open it with that. Do you want to give it a shot? G give it a shot with... Uh, if you wanted to push your toggle to it, that's that's kind of how like a, a digital lock works. Is you just you put it on there, and whatever cookies are on the toggle that say who you are, will will transfer over via near field and sure. I'll open that. you up. Go for it. You put it on there. There is a bit of a delay as it kind of tries to parse uh, who it is that's trying to get into it. Um, at this point, you can see the machine a little closer now. It's moving forward. It is definitely 
larger than you are. Um, it's not a, a semi truck, but it's pretty big. It's like a piece of powered lift equipment um, that is rolling along on this rail um, with arms extended in a, a non-consensual hug. <laughs> um, but the, the door opens up and lets you inside. Okay, everyone in. Let's shut the door behind us. Uh, can I get a sense for how fast it was moving at this distance, distance Seth? Um, I probably couldn't give you an exact mile per hour for it. It's it's going about as quick as it's designed to go on its rail. Faster, so faster than a faster than a vector could run, or uh, maybe maybe twelve miles an hour, something like that. Oh, he might good. be able to outrun it. Probably not for as long as it can go, though. Pretty brisk, yeah. yeah so, so what's in here? Um, you get inside and. I copy all your tokens. Now this map is kind of an approximation. Um, I just grabbed this because I didn't have time to make a map. Uh, it's not in quite this terrible condition. Um, it's actually it's in more or less good condition for what it is, um, but it is kind of an abandoned area. You're going to come in. Let's say the front door is there. I'll go down here. Um, you get inside, the door closes behind you. Um, there's a, a flickering as internal lights come on. These ones are automatic and they do light up the whole area. Um, it's kind of a cold LED lighting. Um, but you can feel a, a distinct change in temperature in here. It's warm and it's a weird kind of fluctuation. Like the, uh, uh, it's not, there, there is a current of air going on, but it's not like you're, you're feeling it blow on you like, uh, like uh, it would through, through some sort of central air conditioning system. It's more like pressure is pushing it around. So either a large object or dramatic temperature changes are occurring that's causing the air in here to circulate without power. Um, it's actually oddly quiet for something that you figure uh, will be a large maintenance area. Um, and there's a desk and some computers around here. There's no bloodstream about the floor. Again, I just had to grab this map out of nowhere. But it, it looks to be in more or less operable condition. But you don't hear anybody. Um, and there's no signs that life has been here recently, coffee cups or anything like that. Well, let's take a look on the computer and see what, what access it has to re recorders or stuff down here. Uh, the, the one that's there isn't even turned on at the moment. So you can uh, – it's, it's here in the um, – or sorry, that's like the entry area. It's it's here where like the uh, desk would be off in that direction. You can spend time trying to do it. Depends on how worried you are about the compromising of that door that you just came through. Maybe move away from the door, just in case. Again, Zelik, I I I don't remember. Is your character remind me what your character skills are? I'm I'm sorry, I don't recall. Um, I'm mostly a tech head. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so, so all right, you as the go-to for tech stuff. Would you please look at that computer as well? Perhaps we look at ways of shoring up the door. Yeah, I'm going to look for a little barricade. Y'all have fun. <laughs> yeah, how about keep you an eye out the door too? Do we have any windows in here? Um, no, I will go ahead. Um, I mean, there is a security camera somewhere up there, but it's probably accessible via that computer. <laughs> Uh, the door has a has a lock. It's the same lock that disengaged when you came through it. You can relock it. Um, there's anyone's guess whether or not the maintenance machine has a has an automatic lock. From the construction of it, the machine itself shouldn't be able to come through that door because it's suspended from the ceiling. But if it decides to rip the entire front of the building off, which who knows? But <laughs> mm -hmm. well, in, in that case, locking the door probably won't make a difference. <laughs> it's fair, but you know, feels good. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm doing the barricade thing until someone tells me there's a more intelligent solution. You are, you are able to find, you know, like a, a random locker and things that you can drag yes. in front of it. It would be sufficient to keep out, you know, your your average slasher uh, for at least one scene. A- Ao <laughs> points out that I have not, in fact, blocked the door behind me, so I'll do that at some point in time. Mm-hmm. No, we definitely need to keep Luca busy. So keep piling stuff in front of that door. What kind of <laughs> what are we looking at to get into the computer? Uh, well, you just turn it on at first, and then boots up uh, fairly quickly. But from there, you're going to need to actually get into its systems. And I don't think it's really going to respond to your security clearance because they're not really designed to. Um, normally, the police would just ask the maintenance people, hey, I need access to your machine. So you're going to have to try to get into it if you want to sabotage. So do a mind exert and sabotage. Is Crash Suite appropriate here? Yes. Or is this... Yes. Okay. So you can do a plus that five. Again. Gotcha. Cool. That'll get you past the login. It wasn't a terribly well secured machine. So you are you are able to get inside, and from there you can just kind of navigate it. Desktop stuff has a bunch of documents about maintenance logs, um, uh, a few inappropriate pictures, uh, various other things you'd expect to see on on a console that really just doesn't get looked at, except by the random people who get caught by. There's an ongoing chat log. Uh, but probably became different shifts that just kind of come here as waylaid. Um, and then there are a couple applications that look like they're more related to the actual maintenance and, and construction of uh, this particular facility, um, but they're all written in basically mechanical tech head. So um, navigating them is difficult because most of them contain acronyms and, and various labels that just you don't know unless this is your job. Um, at this point, you've been banging on this thing for about five minutes. Um, the security uh, cameras are there on the desktop. Yeah, let's pull those up and take a look around first. You do not see the object in the distance. Look closer. Uh, you can you can pan nearby cameras there, but it doesn't seem to be there. Right about then, there will be a uh, and a little beep beep noise as though. Um, you're being alerted to something, and the beep-beep sounds throughout the interior of the structure, uh, like it's alerting the structure or something, uh, and then there's a rumbling. Um, good. You can do a uh, mind-perceive check. Everybody can do this. Just mind-perceive. Okay. To try to figure out what you think you're hearing. Remind me, what is that one? Um, the, you're, you're doing the, the mind-perceived die uh, plus a regular D10 and adding your mind-perceived score, but there's no proficiency that's added to it. Luca continues piling things in front of the door, convinced that if they can barricade it well enough, uh, the beeping will stop. If there is anything clearly labeled clue, I'd like to look at it. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Um, the rest of you... Ashtar, uh, also busy. Um, Ao, uh, however seems to be of the thought that this being a, a uh, maintenance area, that beep is probably the sound of receiving opening up, um, which means there's probably a large access door somewhere that just opened. Oh, man. There's not a control for doors on that console, is there? Nope. <coughs> One uh, the area. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would like to just, just check, see, see what's going on here. If okay. I can see how, any, anything how happening. Are you, checking? are you like peeking around the corner or are you actually running out there? Uh, I was thinking of peeking around the corner. Okay. Um, so you look out there um, and who said that they had actually been on a blue sky before? I know a couple of you said you were in space, but had any of you been on one of these systems? 
probably mean I have wealthy as a background. Okay. Um, does anybody have uh, anything in engineering? I have engineering. Uh, no. How many, how many points? One point. Okay. I'm just checking to see kind of where we're at. Um, but were you, you were staying on the computer though, right? Uh, one point boost. And yeah, I'm staying on the computer. You're staying on the computer. Okay. So the ones we're peeking out there hadn't really seen much. Luke is back by the door. Um, you, you, you peer off uh, into this building and you're not entirely sure, at least offhand, uh, what you're looking at. Uh, but it's freaky as all get out. Looking down at the ground, it's a big area. Bigger than it's actually shown on the map here. This is kind of like a scaled down version, but you've you've looked into a, a descent pace there. There's a little little uh, axis looking down, and you look down through um, the the transparent aluminum or whatever uh, pseudo substance you want to use for for being able to see windows outside, basically. Um, and and down below you in space, you're actually pretty close to the uh, exterior walls. There is this this bizarre um almost ethereal monolithic uh uh landscape um that is difficult to identify on site there's these massive blocks they're perfectly square um each one of them is probably i don't know 100 feet wide uh or so uh in in cubes that are catching reflected sunlight off of them um that have have descended on and attached to the exterior bulkhead of the uh station and then in sort of waves going outward as you look off at an angle down from the outside you can see them detaching um, drifting slowly away from the station and as they drift away from them they morph they kind of spread outward into long spires um, each of these spires are probably close to a mile long uh, and the material just goes from being this this cubicle 100 by 100 thing to this very thin, long spire that's drifting. Uh, it, it's tough to tell scale for how far away it is from the uh, station itself, but um, a, a decent distance. You know, it's probably half a mile from the station um, or uh, no, it's probably a little too far. I bet it's closer than that. Um, maybe maybe a couple hundred feet from the station uh, drifts out there and becomes this long wave of this inky black um, straight material. And then as you kind of watch further off from that, there's dozens of these things um, just in your field of view. You get the feeling there's probably many more of them. You see other ones shrinking back down again, going from being a long thing to a cubicle thing, drifting backward and, and hitting the station again and a thump. Uh, a kind of soft thump and this rhythmic wave of of material disengaging and re-engaging is going on all through this uh, dimly lit glass floor that you're looking at <laughs> is 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 that normal is that supposed to happen uh, <laughs> things modifying shape like that that's not like any sort of space vehicle i've ever heard of i assume uh, well, I mean, it depends on what your engineering is. So you can try to do a mind exert plus engineering to to figure out what you're looking at. Um, but offhand, you might not know at all what you're looking at. Well, we're, we're recording some video of, of this. Uh, can I can I shoot a, a a video feed to Ashtar to say, hey, I'm sorry, to, to Zelik say, hey, does this look familiar to you? He is also like what? 10 feet away you might just yell at him <laughs> that's too easy um could, yeah, could, could you take a look at this does that does this make any gosh darn sense to you that's a good question does it make any damn sense to me uh go ahead and roll it might exert in engineering does a tti background help with this at all um not specifically spacer would 
and any tools on site or is this straight up? Yeah, you, there's not a whole lot around here to, to kind of help you with identifying this. Oh. Uh, you are fairly certain this is actually the method used to summon Cthulhu. <laughs> well, that comes the uh, toggle recorder. We're, we're getting some pictures of this one. <laughs> Um, as you were uh, recording this this kind of rhythmic dance of, of monolith material traveling away to and, and back to the station, um, you pan upward and off in the distance, um, about here, a maintenance hatch in the uh, ceiling opens up and the, uh, the, the large machine that was chasing you descends from the ceiling and it's, it's overhead um, little pathway um, transit mechanism that it uses to get around uh, couples to a similar one on the top of this area inside this building, big rail. So it decouples from the outside and is now over here. Oh, fuck. Everyone back out the door. The door that <laughs> Luca barricaded. Oh, I, I can kick this stuff out of the way. It's only matter. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need me to buy out some time? I could probably outrun it for a bit. Well, it's Stuck inside for a moment. Um, get, get, can we get out of here? here I'll, I'll help sh shove some of the stuff out of the way, kick it over. Yeah, I, I, I brute forced the pile of stuff I've been making. <laughs> what? 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 What is it doing? Uh, so it just descended, and I'm just trying to grab a little icon for it. That'll work. Actually, uh -huh. that's pretty effective. Um, at this point, we will need to do initiatives because we are in a, a potential combat situation. So we've got to figure out what everybody's doing for it. Um, uh -huh. So this is the, the first kind of fight thing that you're in. The first decision that is made is whether or not you want to create any additional terrain. You uh, spend readiness to do that. So remember that your readiness is used for rerolls and it's also used for initiative. Um, so if you want to spend any on building terrain, it's taking away from that pool. Do we have anything at the moment, or is it just an empty room? Uh, it's kind of what you see here. It's not word for word, but you, you've got large structures here. Maybe they're servers, maybe they're uh, 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 pillars and stuff like that. Um, this area here is a solid structure. This area here is a solid structure. Oh, you can't, sorry, you can't see my selections. What am I doing? Um, <laughs> uh, the, the stuff all in there are all solid structures. This is actually a, a piece of powered lift equipment down in the corner here a forklift equivalent. There's probably trash and stuff on the outside over there. Um, but yeah, most of the terrain that you see in here is is accurate. So okay, uh, it has the ability to travel via the ceiling, um, but it can't get over these guys. All of these things here are going up so high that it wouldn't be able to get over them. So it's going to have to make turns to get to you. One thing that might be useful is if you had a, a covered area, but that would just be one more place to hide, and it's long-term not useful. Uh, there are also rooms off on the side there that you haven't really gone into and stuff. So mm. it's possible you may be able to find a place that it doesn't have a transit track to. But you also don't know its capabilities. So who knows? Maybe if it runs out of track, it just drops. Hmm. Well, I don't have any readiness to spend. So. Uh, okay. With none? None. Okay. We're still learning the system. Uh, not everybody builds the same way. That is the idea. I'm trying to find out. Okay, yep. F fair point, fair point. 
So uh, if you're not building extra terrain, which you don't need to, um, actually my players uh, in the past have only really done that once. It was to great effect, but they've only really done that once. Then your next step is splitting uh, between initiative and determination. So if you want to do rerolls and plus ones, you want to put those points into determination. If you want to actually get a higher initiative slot and increase your chances of getting extra actions, you'll want to do the other way around. You probably don't have too many points Hmm. to divide, so you just want to decide where they're going. Yeah. All right, and this is based on readiness points again? Mm-hmm. It's okay. just dividing your readiness. And this is an individual choice for each, ca- each mm-hmm. uh, character, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try the terrain thing, because I, I have three readiness, so I would like to create something that explodes when shot. Okay, where do you want to put it? Uh, You're not allowed to put it directly next to the enemy, but you can put it pretty much anywhere else. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's say about here. Okay, uh, let me grab something. What do you want it to be? Anything specific? Um, looking at the terrain, an explosive barrel sounds oh, yeah. fit, fit, fitting, and it's a classic. So there you go, radioactive waste. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, there's there's something along that area there that you spot uh, that uh, is potentially hazardous when when destroyed. Nice. Okay, but that's all my readiness. Okay, so. That's you. Okay, so anybody who's going to be boosting their initiative, um, everybody go ahead and, and roll your D10. That's going to be your initiative score. If you added anything to it using your readiness, then add that to the die roll. Is initiative individual or per party? It's all individual, but you can go in each other's slots. So, Which actually might not matter this time because you have a single enemy, so they, they automatically get to go every two slots anyway. So. I had to roll mine, slash roll, do 10, 7, okay. So this is how this works. All right, so, sorry, where were we? Uh, adding, to- adding tokens to the initiative turn yeah. thingy. Okay, so did everybody, did everybody name their token? I did. Yeah, I think we mostly got uh, tokens. Okay, yeah, cool. All right, so I will go to you and add turns. There we go. Okay, and then um, you can actually assign your initiative value to that uh, to your token. I believe you should be able to click on that little slot. Yeah, yep. there you go. And turn machine's turn is so. And then the way it works with um, independent enemies, at least this is a new test. Actually, this will be the first time I try this out because this came out of a previous test. Um, just for taking economy, uh, turn economy into consideration is that enemies that are independent enemies can't be outnumbered more than two to one. So every two turns, it's actually going to get another slot. Oh. So it comes down here and then it will uh, start over again at the top, basically. Hmm. Interesting. All right. So I'm going to give it the first go here because it just came in and it's got the seven up there at the top. So its first action is going to be to head off in your direction. Um, it pivots seeing the, uh, the its quarry kind of down there or perhaps using some kind of eternal sensors and, and speeds along in its track. One, two, three, four, five. Second one of one, two, Gotta kind of put it there. There we go. 
speeding off toward your area there. And that's its turn. Uh, now that you can see it up close, you can see that it is definitely trailing um, some nasty grease off those hands. Um, looks looks red and and yucky. It's it's tough to you know positively identify anything as blood until you actually kind of get to it. It could be dipping its heads in reddish rust paint or something, but it it is <laughs> sufficient enough to make you believe that it has probably recently eviscerated a fool. Okay. So for combat, um, just to make sure that everybody's on the same page for figuring out what combat goes on your turn, you have two actions um, that are just by default. Um, you can use any of the actions that you have available. You aren't typically allowed to use an action more than twice uh, unless you've got a bonus action. So um, the, uh, the two actions can be movements, can be attacks, can be support actions. Um, you also have something called chatter at the beginning, which is uh, a little kind of set aside time that you can spend to exchange quick quips with the enemy or uh, your teammates. You can't really have a conversation. It's like five seconds or so. Um, uh -huh. The giant forklift is going to love my sparkling wit. Yes. <laughs> Um, uh, after you've taken your two actions, you have the opportunity to try for a bonus action. Bonus actions are rolling um, 2d10, or I think it's just d10. Let's check and make sure so that I don't misquote you on this. Back, 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 back. Bonus action. Yes, 2d10. If you roll equal or under your initiative score for this combat, you can use your reaction as a bonus action. Um, so it will use up your reaction, um, but it allows you to take any action you want to. It's not limited by what you did before. So you can potentially take a third move, you can take a third attack, um, whatever you wanted to do if you had done two ahead of the downside is if you fail it, you lose your reaction as well. So mm -hmm. um, that's the advantage of sinking uh, readiness into initiative at the beginning is you have a higher chance of achieving bonus actions. Okay. So what would you like to do for action one here? Uh, I would... Uh, um, I would like to draw my pistol. Yeah. Which, uh, if I think because it's like lightweight, I can do that for free. Yeah. For the pistol, you can do it for free. Okay, that's good. I would like to move. I have a movement of uh, four. So... One, two, three, four. Okay. Get some distance, and then I would like to shoot it. Fire away. So for attacking, um, mind is used as your attack for shooting, um, and it's your highest mind uh, trait. It doesn't matter if it's a exert or perceive, um, and I did mm -hmm. that specifically so that we didn't have a dedicated shooting trait that people buffed. So whichever the highest one is, that is the, uh, the one that you'll be using for this, and your... Uh, ranged combat score. Um, mm -hmm. The difference between this and a normal tool is that weapons are specific tools, and as such, they have specific scores attached to them. So whatever the item score of the weapon is, that's what's going to be added where you would normally add the tool bonus. Okay. So for your first calculation here, you're going to have like three numbers that are added, your proficiency score, your trait score, and the weapon's item score. But those last three numbers pretty much don't change through the course of combat unless you actually like get more experience. So um, once you know what that total is, you can just kind of apply that single value and it saves a lot of time. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay, so let's see. That would be... 
a d10. Plus the item score for the crucible is seven. Uh, plus nothing because I do not have any ranks in ranged combat. Okay, so it'll be two d ten plus your your mind, whatever your highest score is. So either exert or perceive. Oh yeah, right. Plus two, and then plus the seven from the gun. Okay. So I guess two d ten plus nine. Oh, it's it's uh, it's still two. Two d ten. Yeah, because um, I mean, you still get the other dice even if you don't have the score. Oh, okay, so, okay. It, it, it pretty much always get two dice unless it's okay. like a unique. I for, for for some reason I was under the impression that the 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 item score from the gun replaces one of the dice. No, it replaces what you would normally get for like you know how how he was getting a plus five on that computer check because he had a crash suite. That's, yeah, that's the yeah, item yeah. bonus. The item bonus for a weapon is very specific because the weapon only really does one thing. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so uh, that should be it. There you go. Nice shot. Um, you, you get a, a clean shot on the guy. So that's seven plus two there. Um, that, that number pretty much isn't going to change for your shooting until either your proficiency score changes or your stat score changes. So if you just want to like keep jot down somewhere that you have essentially a plus nine whenever you're shooting range, mm-hmm. you'll save time in the future. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you hail, you hit him. Um, it, it goes poof, off the armor um, pretty heavily. Uh, it is not going to exceed his endurance score, um, but it does get past the cover bonus. You're actually going to get a D10 on it. Nice. So you had a clear shot. That was a, a D8 because you hit him. You hit his evasion score, whatever it is. You don't really know what it is. That's that's my little hidden number. Um, the next one is getting past his cover score, which he's got nothing out in the open except what's what's given by his native armor, which is decent, but not as high as a 20. Um, so you got past that, that knocked you in a D10 for damage, um, but you did not exceed whatever his Endure is, which just because he's a giant tough machine, so you don't get a mm. D12. Makes sense. So you're rolling a D10 on the, that uh, weapon's damage table. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. Of, of course. Uh, that should be a five. Okay. Did you have any um, uh, advancements on this gun? Uh, I no. Think some of you tweaked on. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately not. Okay. So yep, you give it the five damage to him. Ding. Uh, it seems unconcerned. <laughs> All right. That's your two. Okay, Do you want to go for a bonus or hold a reaction? Uh, I'm gonna hold the reaction. Okay. So you have a reaction available the next time it moves. Luca, you're up. Okay, so you said these things here were um, the, the like, steel tanks or whatever. They're too tall for it to get around? Yeah, the, the terrain out there in, uh, in the middle, it can't go over. Is it, like, climbable height? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty big. Actually, its track that it's traveling on doesn't really traverse those areas, so it can't physically move past them. It's entirely possible that it's strong enough to knock them over. But they look pretty solid on the ground. They're they're bolted down there. They're made of steel. Okay. Um, how how much of an action does it take to deploy my um, collapsible pole arm that I can't remember the name of all of a sudden? Uh, what size is the weapon? It's a it's got a reach too. Does it does it say on there if it's lightweight? Um, I don't think it specifies it. Okay, so if it doesn't say lightweight on it, then it's a, st- uh, a support action to, to pull it out. Okay. 
So that's a okay. So I yeah, it just uses an action app. Yeah. In that case, I will not use that for a tool, and I will attempt to uh, scurry out and climb one of those uh, metal stacks to get a better vantage point. Okay. Do you want to try to stunt up there, or are you just yeah, going to take definitely. the half movement? Um. Yeah. I've got. I'll. I'll. I'll double move that, so that'd be a stunt. Um. Yes. <laughs> okay. What's your movement score? Um. Three. All right, so you're trying to basically... Oh, five, okay. Yeah, so you can conceivably get to the top of that. How do you want to do it? Uh, well, I was hoping to have my, my stick to help pole vault, but I will uh, simply... Um, you know, there's a, a big winged fox right in front of you that you could use as a vaulting platform. <laughs> it breaks so easily. Um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go up the side of this one here and then use it use it as a, a, a lever to just jump over to the other side for a little flashing. Okay. So I'm going to say it's going to be um, plus two on the difficulty. I'm going to double check, make sure that I'm doing it right. For stunts. Stunt. Stunts, okay. Oh, for each point of the active, uh, uh, add two to it. So um, 18. Yeah, I'm going to say one because you're just going to jump off the side there. So it's a 20 to do. Okay. Um, I have uh, double simplified stunts because I'm a canine with reclaimed agility. Or... Nice. So you have an automatic 12 on one of the dice. And then boon on the other one. So... Nice. So 12 plus two, 12. You should be pretty good. And you're adding your body exert score and your uh, athletic score to that. This is for the lifetime of stage diving we'll do. Okay. Solid. Um, yes, you are, you are able to easily uh, leap off one and bound onto the top of the other area. You're probably some, uh, I'm going to say, 15 feet up or so on top of that rack. It can still reach you from where it is, but it can't go on top of the rack. Well, for not, it can't reach you from its current location, but if it gets next to you over here, you're, you're able to be touched. Okay, well, that was probably a poor judgment on my point, but I do strike a dramatic pose. You do. It's it's most impressive. Um, and if it had any morale to speak of, it might be uh, taunted in some way. Okay, and I think that uses up all of my actions for now on the separate track for two right now. Unless you're trying to get a bonus one. Uh, which you'd have to roll 2d10 against your initiative score? Yeah, 2d10, six or lower. Doesn't seem likely. I'll hold off on that. You are able to use readiness on pretty much, or use a determination on pretty much any dice in combat. So you can reroll those. You can increment them as well if you've got more in that pool. Well, I've got two. Um, that's my weapon, so it'd be useful to have for a response. I've got two initiative, uh, two two determination, so I can mm -hmm. reroll one of those dice. You say. You can you can spend two of them to reroll both of them if you wanted to, or it's it's one per reroll, or you can just spend them to to knock the number down a little bit. Hmm. Um, I'll give it a shot. Uh, so I'll um I'll roll the dice first and see if I need the reroll. Mm -hmm. If I don't get this, I lose my reaction. Right. Right. Uh, that 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 being said, you've used both your movements, so you couldn't react as a move anyway. So you may as well try, I think, because if your reaction is to shoot, you know, you don't have your stick out. <laughs> yes, it doesn't really matter. I'll at least have my stick out. Um, oh, so you're saying try to shoot. Well, I, I'm saying that um, losing your reaction probably isn't all that detrimental in this case, because you, you're, you're only 
action available in your action right now because you already moved twice is to attack and you don't have your stick. Okay. Then so you'd, have, you'd spend it getting your stick out. That makes sense. Okay, I'll try for that. And seven. Close. So if you spent one readiness, you can down that to a six. We'll do that then. That's simple. Right. There you go. Okay. So you've spent that. You were able to squeeze out a bonus action. What do you want to do? I will arm myself with my staff. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. If that's, I thought you were going to try to run again. If you're just trying to arm yourself with the staff, you should probably hold the, uh, hold the action oh. as the reaction. Cause, so just to, to remind folks, because we haven't ever done it before, reactions are, are done based on enemy movement. The guy here is a big, big robot. You don't really know its capabilities. Maybe it does have a gun, um, but it looks like it's got big metal grabby hands. It probably has to move toward you in order to get them. So if your only plan is to draw your weapon anyway, you're likely to get a reaction off this guy because your reaction takes place when he moves. But as I understood it, um, if you do something that's not like a direct attack type thing or a move... Uh, he has a free attack against you. Is that only, only if he's in combat with you? Your reaction can be, um, yeah, yeah, and that's that's really just to keep people from trying to draw combat by doing nothing to avoid attacks back. You're you're allowed to do things like move and support without provoking attacks. Okay, well then rewind. I will not take that previous attempt because it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, so you 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 you'll hold your hold your thing for the reaction, um, and then when he moves, your reaction can be to to use a support action and get your stick out. Thank you. Right. Speaking of moving, um, he's going to do that. Your reaction takes place once he starts moving. So both you and uh, Malian have reactions available, I believe. Yes, I I would like to shoot. All right. So you can go ahead and fire at him. And then uh, Luca is going to pull the stick out. All right. You hit again. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is actually going to be a D12. That exceeds its... Uh, you're awesome. <laughs> good, good. Glad to see we're moving along that. Pretty good. A solid shot. Uh, uh, Can I give him a reroll? <laughs> I'm afraid not. Four damage. Okay, good, good. Solid. <laughs> oh, I don't downgrade down. Sorry, it's nine. There we go. All right, cool. Um, it's going to get over to here. You have your stick out now. It is going to attempt to swing at you. The large lumbering object turns this way. Uh, a big slow hand kind of comes out to the side and goes to try to, to uh, hit you um, from where you are. You do actually get to swing back at it because this is a combat at this point. Okay. Um, so, so you're can... going to be using your highest body score as the stat, whether it's exert or perceive. Okay. Um, well, it's probably you know, the same stat for me. They're the same? Okay, so that'll that'll be added for your stat. Uh, and then the CQC is the proficiency. Okay, so that's two, that's plus two, and then... Mm -hmm. And then whatever the item score on the weapon is. Which I, um... Crap, I don't think I recorded that. Um, it's somewhere in the document. Uh, it's probably in that Excel sheet. Yeah. Um... And I have a modif I had it enhanced as an enhanced tool, but that does not affect its item bonus to the weapon. Uh, no. Okay. And the weapons. Six. Okay. Okay, so it's two plus six plus that die. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything in CQC? I do. I have one point in CQC. 
Okay, so it'll be whatever your your body score is plus that two points plus the uh, six on the stick, and then the two dice. Um, yeah, so two d ten plus nine is pretty much always going to be your close combat thing until your character changes in some way. Either you level up or do whatever the case may be. Thank you for your patience. No problem. There you go. Seems like a pretty solid hit. Yeah, this is it's nice. Um, so yeah, you, you swing in on it. It's going to swing back here in a second. Um, so yeah, that, that rule there, uh, until your character changes in some way, either by upping their proficiency or changing their, their weapon or something is pretty much always going to be your close combat attack rule. So in yeah, the future, it'll just be 2d10 plus nine. Okay. And, uh, and it goes to swing back at you. Okay. It goes to swing. Um, you're not sure what it's, uh, uh, efficiency as a close combat monster may be. Does that hit your evade score? Uh, my evade score is 22, I think. Okay, nowhere near it. Okay. So it goes to swing at you, and the slow-moving claw uh, comes inward, and you find yourself able to quickly um, circumvent it. Definitely looks like it's designed for precision and uh, uh, grabbing work rather than snatching somebody out of the air. Um, doesn't seem to be terribly fast. Uh, so with uh, a roll of 20, what... Um... What, what damage die am I rolling? You are able to hit it. So I'll let you guys know right now, just so that since we're in the, the learning portion for it, its evasion score is 14. It's pretty easy to hit. Uh, and it's got a natural armor of plus four on it. So uh, it's got a cover score in close combat of four, essentially. So with a 20, um, you have just hit under what you would need in order to beat that armor score. So you're rolling a D8. Okay. D8, and then I have the, uh, I have a five damage modifier. Unfortunately, it won't work on a D8. So a D8 is like a glancing hit. Okay. Um, you need to roll D10s or D12s before that that advancement actually gets through. Okay. So you're just rolling base weapon damage on the D8. Okay. Which is crap. Uh, so um, <laughs> six points. Okay. Uh, and if you wanted to use a reroll, you could. Um. It doesn't on a one d eight doesn't seem like it'd be very useful. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you can. I just want to let you know it's there. So oh, six, thank you. Fifteen. All right, cool. So he goes to miss you. That was his second action. Um, so he fails to damage you. You managed to thunk him on the head. Not looking terribly damaged. I mean, you've you've scratched paint on the thing. He's taken a couple of bullets, but it's a it's a very large, angry machine. Okay. Um, actually, emotional wise, it doesn't seem to be particularly concerned one way or the other. But uh, <laughs> it certainly looks intimidating. Uh, Zelik is up. All right. Well, speaking of uh, snatching link foxes out of the air, we shall try and avoid that. Uh, if you're going to shoot at it, by the way, you can see it from your current position. It's got some cover, but you can see it. How much? Uh, how much is this? Is there a doorway here in the way? Mm-hmm. You're looking at like a two and a half foot wide door there, three foot door. But it's clear just to move through. Yeah, you can go right through it. Okay. We will uh, combat leap out of that door. Okay. Is that up to five or five squares? That's five. Yeah. That puts me right about here. So take a uh, shot over Luca's shoulder. Oh, okay. You've got the stuff for that. Yeah. Um, I'm all the way down to pop shot, combat evasion. I got I got the flight techniques. Okay, cool. So go ahead and fire. 
And there is a risk of hitting somebody else in combat. Not much of one in this case, because your 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 ally has a higher evasion than the enemy. So. Okay, so barring anything else, we're looking at D10, D10, best exert, ranged combat, and then the weapon. Right. Nice. It must probably hit. <laughs> so that exceeds its evasion score. It exceeds the cover that it has currently. Uh, and it also exceeds its endure score. So you've got a D12 on the dice there. Wow. No, you rolled 12. Nice try. <laughs> Roll D12. Nice. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Actually, that's a terrible roll. D122 and you got a 15? Be ashamed. Okay. That's pretty that is actually a D12. Much better. Yes, that is actually a D12. Did you have any advancement on the weapon? I do not. Okay, but still a respectable total. What's that get to? Uh, based off the weapon template, that is 20. Nice. So um, you uh, shoot it pretty hard there. Plus 20. Chink. Um, that one causes a hose to go flying a little bit. The machine doesn't seem to be slowed down by it, but you, you saw a uh, an impact take place. And then take my landing. All right, you head off over in that direction. So flies out from the doorway, takes a, a uh, most skillful um, bullet time shot mid-flight and descends behind the next one. Last person. I oh, all right. Well, um, I'm mostly going to be moving. Um, not that it's going to be immediately relevant, but uh, are, are squares that contain people, uh, can you move through them? You can't, unless you're micro. Okay. All right, well, I'll be moving twice, and I've got a movement of four. And I want to try to take a, a good look at that robot, see if I can figure out what model it, it, it is, because I'd, I'd like to try looking it up on maintenance net, figure out what class of robot that is. All right, um, you're going to have to do, I want you to do either protocol or engineering for it. I would love to do protocol for it. All right. Go ahead. Let's see, protocol. Mind exert and protocol. Mind exert, protocol. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, just enough to get something out of it. You do recognize that these things are all over the ship, um, or most of them. They're they're basically um, automated forklifts. Their job is to to go pick up stuff, move it to where it's supposed to go based on preset coordinates. It is capable of making some decisions on its own. Um, it has a a, a rather dumb AI um, that works well enough for what it's doing so it doesn't off-balance a load or put something in some dangerous location. But other than that, it doesn't make a whole lot of autonomous decision. Um, the thing that, that kind of sticks out at you as being strange is that they're not programmed to fight and the machine itself isn't smart enough to suddenly decide to defend itself from attack. Huh. So um, the fact that it's aggressing is not native programming. Okay. Nor is it something that its AI should just decide to do. It doesn't really have any kind of you know, experience of pain or anything like that. It's uh, probably something that somebody put in there. Okay. I'd, I'd like to find out some more details about how it's powered, but I'll, I'll wait until my next action to do that. Okay. Uh, it gets to go. Uh, it's fairly content in its current location because it's got an angry thing here that whacked it in the head. Um, so it's going to go for another swing. Uh, nice. You had a 24 though, right? 
I did. Uh, okay, so um, it goes a little firmer this time and tries to get at you, but still sneaks past. You get to swing back at it. Okay, I will take that shot, and I'm rolling 2d10 plus 9 again. Mm-hmm. Not, nope, not, not enough. Um, you whiz by as it goes through. It's going to go for a second swing, and I think, actually, rather than going for you, it's going to go for your platform. So um, it, it looks like it's swinging back to grab you, but instead the claw goes around the platform itself, which does have an evasion score, um, but it still hits on that point. Uh, D12. You do get to swing at it. So it is um, it is still attacking you, even though it's not attacking you. Uh, you don't get cut out of it just because of that, so you get to swing. A second bonus attack? Yeah. Okay. Anytime it attacks in combat, you get to attack as long as you're engaged to it. Better. That'll tap it. It um, doesn't get past its armor, so D8. Okay, not terrible. Yeah. What's that? Uh, uh, sorry. Oh, you're right. There's a damage chart. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is seven. All right. Seven. Cool. Oh, and... Uh, there's a really neat feature in Roll20 that's just for making life easier. If you guys are keeping your hit point totals in your bubbles up there, you don't need to reassign them every time you get hit. You can just do things like plus 12 or minus 7, and it will increment the number appropriately. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's very handy for dealing with larger hit point totals. Um, so you do another damage to it. It's going to roll d12 against the platform. It destroys the platform quite heartily. Um, go ahead and do a dodge save. So it reaches over, grabs the platform, crunches it with this mighty uh, uh, claw there. And while it doesn't yank it over, because it is a steel platform bolted to the ground, um, it completely deforms the structure you're standing on, pulls it toward it. Um, and you're going to have to try to either stay on it or get to the next one. And a dodge save is... is it's dodge. 2d10, and you're trying to get equal or under your evasion. Okay. Uh, and there's actually a um, uh, an automatic um, difficulty to it. Let me check what it is. So for this dodge, previous. There we go. 2d10 plus your total mass score. So 2d10 plus your total mass, trying to get under your evasion score. Okay. My mass is 7, so 2d10 plus 2d10 plus 7. Mm-hmm. Should be under 22. I didn't roll that correctly. Okay, so that is 22. That is my... That is, that is it. You, you barely manage. Did you want to go to the next one, or did you want to go to the ground? Is the entire thing collapsing? Um, it's not safe on the top structure anymore, so it's it's like going sideways. It's pulling it sideways. But I can't do a full move right now. I mean, I can move a single hex, but not more. Uh, yeah, you, but that, that other platform is close enough behind you that if you wanted to latch to the side of it, you could. It's kind of like if you want to go on the floor, if you want to kind of leap to the next one. I'm bouncy. I will attempt to go to the one behind me. Okay. So you will spring backward and uh, kind of land on the, the side of this one as it pulls this one off to the side. Mm-hmm. Um, what action is it to ramp my bioluminescence up a little bit? Uh, you can just do that. It's done in the chatter step. Okay. I will try and crank my bioluminescence. That'd be a better target for it. Okay. Um, the the uh, white filters on the uh, cameras that everybody is selfing with at the same time uh, are get whited out a little bit as they try to focus on this guy, but it's going to be great for, you know, the folks back home. <laughs> Melian, you're up. Um, mm. It has currently pulled half of a rig down in front of it, so it has some cover from your current position. There's a big steel structure it's holding on to. 
Okay. I'm going to say it's half covered. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. I am... Um, I'm, I'm going to try to shoot it again. Okay. Go ahead. So that should still be this. No good. Oh, that is... Shake something, okay. Okay, uh, okay, no, the, 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 this shooting thing, that's not working out for me. I am gonna, uh, like, uh, holster the pistol and draw my bat- baton, bat- 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 baton, however you pronounce that. Uh, baton? Yeah, that. And, uh, I... You've got saber teeth. I, I... Uh, <laughs> You you know how much work it is to keep these polished? Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> bite the the freaking robot with her, that. Um and uh, I believe that is that is it for this round for me. Unless you wanna drop the gun. So if you wanna actually holster the gun and pull out the baton, yeah, that's a support action. If you want, you can just abandon the gun and you can pull the baton for free because it's lightweight. Oh, okay. Um But you then have to pick it up later and you won't have it, so Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. No. I'm going to hold start. Okay. So then you spin the action. You've still got a support uh, uh, reaction available when the time comes. Luca is up. Okay. You are holding onto the side of this structure right now. It's not a particularly defensible position. So the the one that I hopped off of is that is that flat or is it kind of teetering and crumbling? It's it's like? it's pulled sideways, so it's kind of like a half collapsed building, and it's currently in the thing's grip. Okay. Um. And is this like a multi-ton thing or like a well it's it's essentially a forklift so it probably weighs somewhere around the range of eight thousand pounds give or take the structure this the structure is um it's it's like a if you look at like a like a hardware rack at a home depot it's 15 feet tall steel beams um there's a lot of stuff in it that's falling out of it right now so yeah i guess it's total mass as many tons so okay, there's no chance to be like trying to push it over onto the thing. It's just no, it's still bolted to the floor. It's its moorings are still in place. It's been yanked and deformed sideways. It hasn't actually been pulled over on its side. Okay, well I will um hurry between the two uh things over here. And dang it. I'm having a gun issue. Um uh, I guess I'll come here a little out of a little out of range, and um, or two. Wait, I've got a range of two. Mm-hmm. I can't hit it from there, can I? No, you can. So it's a three hex wide thing. Um, but remember that all attacks that you have essentially have one hex of wiggle room mm-hmm. if you want to to do it. Um, so you can you can kind of like dart in from there and whack it. Okay, I'll try and have some cover from these these structures, and I'll attempt to whack it again with my stick. Okay. It actually has the same range, being a large object, so... Dang. It's going to try to get you as well. Okay, well, a solid roll on that to hit. Yep, uh, you actually both hit each other. Um, well, he doesn't quite get you. He, it's, it swings very close. You feel the, the uh, whiff of what you're certain now is a bloody claw. Uh, near near your face um, as Guys, he goes to. It's got blood on it. <laughs> <laughs> At least it hasn't hit you yet. Um, but you hit it. 
<laughs> That's the thing labeled clue, yes. We're very proud of you. Uh, you are able to get a d10 on him. Excellent. And Kay, that gives me my, my damage bonus yeah. as well. Wait, just roll 1d10. Okay. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> just no luck. No luck's over. This might be one worth re-rolling on. Yeah, I think I will. I just I spend two points on it. No, it's just one to re-roll a die. Okay. There you go. Oh. Okay, so that is um twenty-five points of damage plus five for my modifier. So thirty enhancement, so thirty. All right. Um, yeah, that's the most palpable hit. You get it. You get it. You know, off to the the side there. Um, maybe you disoriented or something. It's it's kind of surprising to see your stick do so much damage. But you know, they only take so much in certain spots before they start to work. Uh, stop working anymore. The, the, this is a this is a pulse brand stick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the arm starts to spark a little bit. It's not out of the count, but um, it looks like you may have have caused it some uh, some distress. Okay, I do a little spin thing and go down to a, a usefully scenic crouch. And it is its turn. Um, it's going to abandon the uh, thing that it grabbed on because it now has this other juicy target over here um, that it's looking at. Uh, what can I do with you? I think it's going to try to keep doing. Is it smart enough to realize that it's just not having good luck catching this thing? <laughs> I don't know that it is. I think it's a, a rudimentary program. Uh, it's going to attempt to go for the closest aggressor. So it'll swing back at you. One of these days, I'm sure it's bound to pull it off. No good. You get to swing back at it. Okay. That's interesting mechanic. I'll have to... Wow. Crack a boom. Yep. D10. Okay. Reroll. <laughs> You can't reroll a one. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in that case, a mighty nine points of damage. Yes, good. Uh, you don't get to add the five to it either, because it's oh, a I shake my uh, tiny fist. Oh no, wait, sorry, no, you did have a D10 there. You can, you can. Okay. Yeah, sorry, I thought you had a D8. No, nine points of damage. Okay, so it takes it um, there, and then oh, I pulled this over. Can I see you? I should have checked this earlier. I can't see you. How many hexes are you? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then it's coming for the one is ten. Okay, just enough. Um, from its second uh, uh, second action, there, um, it pulls the uh, or it pulls the claw back, and you're figuring it's going to start doing attack again. Um, but there's a little beep, beep uh, noise that it makes, which is new. It hasn't done a little trill before. Um, and a little red dot that that shows up with a line um, in the particulate of the air shines directly off toward. Uh, this over here. Oh, hey. Uh-oh. That's, that's kind of pretty. Think, um, and no additional action takes place after that, but the line goes immediately, bing, here, and it's, it's disturbingly accurate. It lines up immediately right between his eyes and seems to be tracking as he moves. Uh, the 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 slow moving arms that uh, uh, have been kind of whizzing by your head um, are, are a great... Uh, difference in, in their overall appearance from this uh, remarkably accurate laser dot that just appeared off in the distance. Okay, guys, watch out. It's got lighting effects. <laughs> Zellick is up. And for my next trick, uh, we're going to make a fox disappear. 
<laughs> uh, so we're pulling off the combat flight again. Okay. Um, right there. I mean, if that cover's gone, this should be a pretty sh straight shot down, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can see it there. Um, the laser dot does follow you. So it goes... Well, we are committed. So we'll take a shot there. Okay. Sorry, did you do it? Oh, is it the 24? Okay, I didn't see it pop up. Yeah, there's the 24. That, that was the 24? Okay, yeah, so you hit it. Um, 24 does not quite uh, exceed its uh, endurance, so do 10. 4 comes up with uh, 6 damage on the chart. Okay. Uh, and then you're gone over there. Okay, it's jink. Um, and you're landing off that section. It goes to pan past you, uh, and you're behind a wall currently, right? So you're going to have cover against it. Yeah, it can get to the edge of your hex, but you'll have cover. Works for me. All right. I was up. What would wines like to do? Okay, well, I've identified what model bot it is. Um, using the maintenance network, can I look up some information on that? Particularly, I'm, I'm wondered, wondering whether it has an internal, in, excuse me, an internal power supply or whether it's dependent on that track to stay operational. Uh, what are you connected with right now? Like, how are you browsing? I've got the UI, UI oh, okay. well, well, let me, that, that. Yeah, no, that's okay. Um, so that's going to take a support action to do. Go ahead and do a um, uh, mind exert and operate. And don't forget your advanced skill level. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. Mind exert. Okay. To bonus. Uh, all right. And so I've got the advanced UI goggles. Will that be a tool or a fancy tool? Uh, for this, it's just a tool. I mean, okay. It's doing what it's supposed to do. Oh, you, you gave an advancement to it. Yeah, notoriety. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, yeah, then it's fancy. Okay, then um, three more than that. Okay, uh, pretty solid. Uh, you get a wealth of information on it as you're looking at it. Pops up all these little uh, uh, HUDs and stuff that uh, tell different stuff about it. It does not appear to be completely dependent on that track for its own power. It has an internal power source. If it's disconnected, it could actually travel on the ground. However. In order to use this other system that you didn't even know it had, um, it needs to have station power. Uh, apparently, one of the functions of these machines is that they're quick emergency responders to hull breaches, and they're capable of actually melting ships to deal with this ranged laser that they've got. Jesus. Oh, um, and bad. the downside is that uh, the, the thing generates so much energy and heat that it actually can't fire close to itself. It needs to have a minimum distance, um, but it requires station power in order to shoot. Okay. So uh, without that track above it, or if you can sever its connection, uh, its ranged weapon won't work. Um, okay. The other thing that you uh, kind of uncover by it is, well, it is a slow-moving, precise object mechanically. Uh, because it's an emergency welding system, it depends on extreme speed and accuracy to function. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll yell out to the fox. It, ha it has a minimum range on that thing. Um, okay. Well, another thing I'd like to try to... This might need to be a next round thing, um, but I'd, I'd like to try to use the maintenance network to find out where the, the track is getting its power from, what, where it can go to, to shut down power or mess with the power. Um, if you really want to map that down. I'm sorry? 
if you really want to like get that down to the map level, it's probably going to take you several rounds to parse through that information. But you can look at it and see that it's wired. If you break it, it won't work anymore. Okay, I mean, yeah, like like physical. If there's power conduits running to the yeah, rack. you can actually see it. It's kind of like a, a a powered rail. There's there's wires that are leading to it, big cables and stuff. Presumably, if you sever them, whatever is currently functioning won't be. Okay, uh, where in the room are their conduits running to the track. Uh, you can search around for those, but you can actually see them on the track. So it's kind of like, you know, any circuit. If you break it at any point, it's not going to work anymore. You can shoot the ones that are currently up there and south of that connection, it's not going to function. Shoot. Right. Shoot. <laughs> okay. Um, and the, 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 the power they're getting is probably coming from somewhere in the ceiling. There's, there's not any conduits running up to it. Oh, it's it's um, the the power source for the rail itself might not even be in the building. I mean, this these they all run on rails, so there could be a, a separate power station. It might be in the next room. It might be you know a mile up upstream. Um, okay. You can look through the maps to try to find it, but that's going to be you're going to have to get back in a corner and actually parse through web pages to try to find that. Mm. Your surest bet of of implementing your current information is to cut its local connection just by severing a wire. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, let me back up a bit while, while I mull over that. <laughs> All right. That'll be it for me for the moment. All right. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, there's a sudden flash of blinding light overhead as it goes to fire uh, in this direction. Ooh. Whoa. Holy. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Uh, what kind uh, of cover am I gaining from the wall here? So it, it's it's a half cover, which uh, on the thing is. What kind of armor are you wearing? None. None. Okay. <laughs> Whoops. So that's that's that one. Um, fire and power flow. Fertilizer cover. Accurate. Fire power is that. Now, Seth, shooting through my hex. Does that matter to me? No. It's shooting over you. It's going toward a different target. There we go. Line of sight. Half covered. Uh, plus six cover. Oh, yeah. So what's uh, you hit my evasion. You didn't hit evasion plus cover. Okay. So it's only a D8. Mm -hmm. Slash roll D8. Doesn't get any of its notoriety, which is nice. Three. Okay, pretty good. So 20. Okay, then. Oh. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty serious laser. Well, that revival is uh, coming out of band funds. <laughs> so remember, in this edition, um, being reduced to zero hit points is not a kill. Uh, unless the enemy is like particularly vindictive and goes over and spends around headshotting you. Um, it's, it's an injury. You'll end up rolling on an injury table to see what happens to you and you'll recover after the fight. Um, so it, it just kind of takes you out from the, the side there. Um, but the rest of you see a, a, a flash of brilliant light and the wall is melted rather heavily. Um, I actually think there's a way to get yourself back up to one if you've got the right uh, techniques for it and stuff, too. But either way, after the fight proceeds, you'll roll an injury and, and kind of shake yourself out of it. Don't let it shoot you. <laughs> Good idea. Um, it, was a, it was a much more direct thing than you had seen before. Um, it, the Mulligan is up. Oh, no, wait. So that was my first attack. Um, uh, the, the laser light peters off having no longer having a, a, a target um, and it is going to 
It has lasers. Awesome. <laughs> this way, one, two, three, four, five, toward here. Oh, Any, it, anybody it, who had reactions um, available can use them. Uh, I don't know if I did or not. I had those bonus actions. I guess I did. You didn't use a bonus action, yeah. So you, you did actually have a reaction. You could have attacked as it left. Okay, yeah, I'd like to take that shot if I could. All right, go ahead. Pretty solid. All right. Uh, yeah, it won't get past its armor, but it's a D8. Okay. I think it's thinking now. Oh, yeah, sometimes it does do that. The server just, just gets bogged down. Okay. First, uh, not, I didn't mean to roll that second one. Okay, so six. But I, but I, but I did roll that second one. No, nah, that's not fine. Just, just roll this, because the first one was the one doing it. You didn't do every roll on it. So okay, six, so what's like? Seven damage. Plus seven, okay. Um, it is sparking pretty hard. Um, unfortunately, Melian had switched over from <laughs> thing to, to close combat, but... Um, where is... Wasn't there something about threat response? Right, that's what I'm looking at right now. So uh, if the enemy is going to move in a two-hex radius you and you have your action available, you can use it even if you didn't see the movement begin. It triggers once the enemy steps inside the two-hex line. So you can do that here if you wanted to because you had that weapon out. I would like to, yes. Okay, so as it gets up close, you, you take a swing on it. Yes, and uh, I would like to make that swing two-handed. Okay. So... Let's see. Close combat. It's is body correct. Mm -hmm. So get to swing back at you. Oh, and it swings pretty hard. Uh oh. This is D ten plus one D twelve because I have a boon in CQC. So plus two for body excerpt, plus two in CQC, and plus six from the item score. Okay. All sounds right. Oh, except for bad rolls. Uh, <laughs> any rerolls available? No, I, I used all my uh, readiness on the on well, on, on that. Hit it. It's just a on, D8 on that thing. barrel. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's but it's it's better than nothing. Uh, yeah. By the way, my evade is a twenty-three. Oh, I missed six. The eight, uh, six should be seven damage. All right. Um, you bring the uh, the hammer down on top of its glowing red eye, uh, and how flickers, and uh, the thing twitches and kind of turns sideways a little bit and begins to slowly bump itself up against this wall. As the arm that was damaged earlier just kind of twitches sideways, it does not appear uh, to be aware of its surroundings anymore. I, I think I broke it. Okay, get that on camera. <laughs> All right, Foxy, let's see what happened to you. Roll a injury table. Here we go. Roll a d10. I got shot. <laughs> Did that laser shot hit anything? Broken limb. We're going to determine if it's arm, leg, or under appendage. You've got uh, wings, too. So we're going to say arm, leg, or wing. And we're going to roll a d6. Uh, lowers, lows will be the left side. Uh, highs will be the right side. Five. So I didn't say what order it was. I'm going to say hand, leg, limb. So your right leg has been broken. Oof. Uh, all body checks that would involve that limb are complicated. Movement is decreased by one if a leg is involved. You can't be reduced to zero, so it didn't really affect you too much. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> uh, flying is disabled if a wing is involved. Um, thankfully, it wasn't. 
uh, objects cannot be carried on applicable side if an arm is involved. So you are you are limping heavily, having busted a shin. Um, you maybe you managed to duck just aside, and the the debris uh, crushed your leg. Okay, so I, I think this is the part where I start yanking out the perk and whining piteously. What's your leg? Some help. I know how to do this. Oh God, yes. Um, Ao, I need your help with something too. Okay. Um, here's my toggle. Yeah. I need a shot of this. <laughs> I'm going to hop on top of the of the rig and and get a couple of shots riding it, standing <laughs> on it. Unless it attacks me, in which case that'll go badly for me. <laughs> uh, it's mostly just shaking back and forth. All right, somebody's going to attempt to heal uh, our uh, yes. box over there. Okay. Yes, I would like to. All right, so healing HP, uh, mind exert medicine. Oh, um, this is a lengthy process, by the way, if you're doing it by hand. It takes an hour. Uh, I, I do have a perk. Okay, if you want to use the auto dock, um, it's much faster. Mind exert and operate. Oh, no, I, I, uh, I was still going to do it myself because I actually have a score and a boon in medicine. So that uh, to do it by hand oh. takes an hour. Oh, okay. The auto dock will will patch him um, quickly in five minutes. Oh, okay. And so it, it, uh, it mm-hmm. yeah, it cooks the perk too. So it uses the perk up. Healing by hand doesn't use the perk up. You can do it multiple times, but they, it takes time to do. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, what, guys, do we do do we have time, or do we want to hurry and get out of? I'm less worried since the thing is bumping against a wall. So if Zella can come over here and. Uh, no, he can't come over here. Not right now. Oh. Okay. Well, maybe we can find this thing's computer <laughs> while you're doing that. I've got a can opener somewhere. Uh, uh, okay, I'll, I'll let the autodoc handle it, obviously. Sorry. <laughs> okay, might exert an operate. Okay. And you do have to succeed at the check, so you might want to give it to whoever has the best score for it, because a failure will cook it. Um... Who, who, who has any? Who, who has anything in operate? Uh, in operate or medicine? Operate, operate to get the auto doc to work. Yeah, that's probably me. Then you should do that yourself. Yeah, sorry. Oh, there's a guy who's injured. Has it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you have to revive him. So go ahead and do your medical check oh. just to revive him. It'll get him back up to one hit point. Oh, okay. I have operate, but I'm not in a position to help. Um, medicine there, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not clean, but it <laughs> you slap him a few times until he kind of wakes up. And goes, dude, your leg is broken. He goes, dude, I f***ed <laughs> uh, And then you hand him the uh, the dock, <laughs> which has a big red button, that says, "Fix it, fix it, fix it." <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're pushing that button. All right. Since I'm not allowed to take my time to do my work properly, it has to go this way. I said you could take your time. Do you figure out what this tin can? Any tool modifier on this one? Uh, no. Uh, well, it's own object, yeah. Well, you got it anyway. So, here's it. Um, you activate it and it goes to work. Its uh, uh, first process is to dope your legs with uh, many a delightful drug. Um, at least it's merciful about it, but it will go ahead and restore uh, 25 hit points to you in five minutes. Um, and you don't go from a negative, so you go from zero to 25 or up to your maximum. Oh, yeah. 
Right. So uh, you go up to there. Now, the thing with this is um, this gets your hit points up so that you're able to fight and stuff, but your injuries actually need to be repaired at a hospital. Your leg is still broken. It's just been braced. So the downsides of your injuries are, are still there. Your hit points are just restored to normal. But you can walk and stuff. You just uh, are at your normal one movement and are living <laughs> heavily. Um, but the unit cooks itself, creating a, a splint out of its own parts, basically, and and gets your leg set in place so that you can move around again and it isn't hurting anymore. You uh, look up at the cooked hole in the wall and, and are, are thankful that it wasn't where your head was. Uh, over by the machine, what did you want to do with it? Um, Ao, is there like a storage drive or something in here we could take out that'd be useful? Or I'll see what I can find. Uh, yeah, it's pretty easily accessible. It's got a little mainframe. There's not a whole lot protecting it because it's designed to be messed with when it needs to be. Well, then I'll pull that out. Uh, you yank it, it sputters, and, and the machine stops moving. This was simpler than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's not a, not a, not a high-security device, essentially. It's, it's, you know, it's, its drive is protected by a little you know, twisty knob that you twist to make sure it doesn't go flying out if it runs into something, but that's about it. So do you want to take this back to our quarters for a while and look at it and maybe get a Vendidoc or something for, for Zelik? Yeah, let's, let's get Zelik back. Um, we can use some, if we have some sterile swabs or something, uh, get a sample of whatever gunk is on its loss uh, to see if it if this is indeed the one that attacked so you've grabbed its actual computer box and you basically have its hard drive yeah okay well that should be a good record of we can do some sort of digital forensics and find out what made it go crazy so that yeah so 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 get, get gather the uh dna sample for the evidence uh let's take that and let's get uh get poor fox back up to the hospital okay look around for something relatively clean to scrape some of that red goop slash blood on you can find a rag, yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Take it. Wow. You were so prepared. <laughs> uh, and and from there, what was your next plan? To head back up to the surface? Yeah, I think to our quarters to analyze what we have. Up to the hospital. Uh, yeah, all of the above, essentially. Um, you, we will get back outside. The red emergency lights are still going. Um, you want to look around and see if there are any other units. You know that there are a great many of these kind of around. I don't really want to find another one right now. <laughs> that, that kind of hurt. <laughs> Just going to run, run as fast as you can toward the, uh, elevator. Uh, oh, oh, right, right. Yeah. Let, let, let's, let's get to the elevator quickly. Let's get out of here. All right. Um, so like I'll take the rear. Yeah, is that like, do you want to fly, or does somebody want to carry him? I mean, I, I can... Flying really hurts. I'll, I'll go with being carried. I'll, I'll do a plane. <laughs> okay. Actually, your, your flying's not impeded currently. Landing's the hard part. <laughs> Don't land. <coughs> I'll, I'll carry him. <laughs> okay. Big, big baby. Do uh, uh, body exert and athletics. Oh, <laughs> oh, bad idea. <laughs> now, you, you want me to carry the little fox? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Uh, that's that's probably not gonna not gonna be great. Uh, let's <sighs> no, no. no <laughs> let, 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 let me do this. I'll, I'll look better doing it. You, this is uh, get uh, your uh, glowing paws off of me. 
<laughs> We're going to hurt him more. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm just trying to find where I put it. It's in proficiencies for athletics for lift weight. Uh, there they are. Okay, athletics. Uh, 10 times you check result in pounds. Uh, so 110 pounds. How much does the fox weigh, do we think? Uh, mass four, so that's that's probably pretty damn close. Yeah, so a little tough. Plus, you are actually at greater than Earth gravity right now because you've descended below on the uh, rotating station. So um, you're you're going to have a hard time moving them. You get you get kind of out to the door, and it's kind of like oh, things are heavier down here. I'm, I'm going to uh, as a note. Um, <coughs> so my character having eight mass. That's the mass of, of a uh, of a tar. Mm-hmm. So apparently, my character is horse sized. <laughs> You're dense. That's what's happening here. Yeah, but I want to carry him. Okay, well then, ca- carry away. <laughs> let me, let me, let me get this. You got your cameras out, right? Well, someone out there does. Okay, good, good. Assuming, assuming he'll let me take the fox away. Also, isn't there a song about what the fox weighs? No, no, there isn't. Are you go- are you going to surrender the fox that you're currently attempting to drag? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Flex a little bit and there we go. 150. Okay. You've achieved in making it a little further. Um, between the two of you, you can drag him off. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you, before, you know, you had all the dope in your leg and you were like, hey, you know, I bet I can hang out to the end of this. By the time they drag you bodily, the, the 150 feet over to the, the elevator going up, you, you're feeling more like that hospital trip might be a good plan. Uh, and that perhaps getting dragged all the way back to, to base, um, not, not particularly fun. You get there and you guys are able to uh, fudge with the system until the emergency locks release because they had engaged when the lights went on uh, and begin to take you back upward again, leaving whatever the mystery hellscape was uh, behind. <laughs> uh, and it begins the slow ascent uh, toward the surface and the rather blinding light uh, therein. Um, and at this point, you actually kind of have a, a peculiar revelation. That's a... a interesting to you as you emerge from the the hole that is the um, kind of interior part of the station um and and all the mechanisms that are usually hidden into the the bright outside for the briefest of moments while your eyes adjust it actually does look like it has a blue sky oh huh uh and and then the rest of it starts to cave in a little bit wow these drugs oh. are good <laughs> <laughs> But you were able to to get up to the top, and at that point, your toggles will work, and you can radio for a uh, uh, pickup if you wanted to. Yeah, definitely. get him some help. Yes, please. Okay, and we'll conclude there for now, so we don't go too late into the evening. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> All right. We survived so, most of us. Yeah, for the most part. So that is the. I mean, um, zero hit points is is a is a stop. It's not a kill. So when the uh, the if the enemy, however, is particularly vindictive, like you've got a crazy psycho person that wants you all dead, they might go spend a turn actually executing you. But the uh, the robot wasn't really programmed to do much but stop people. So in melee, I'm getting like four attacks per round. I mean, that's right. You attack every time the enemy does. Uh, yeah, that's that's going in there and and risking yourself at at close combat. The thing is, the enemy gets the same ones, so every yeah. time you swing, they are also swinging. Your personal risk is a lot higher in hand to hand. Okay, 
I lost a character that way. <laughs> yeah, it, it can. So I mean, it really just takes. It's it's a matter of like because um, we do have a random damage in this one too, and and it as a luck thing. So consider every attack a gamble, right? Yes, you are getting more opportunities to gamble, but you're also increasing your risk because you're gambling every time. If you are getting three swings in a round, and the enemy is also getting three swings around, then it only really takes one round of screwing up for the enemy to layer some sixty damage onto you. So that's the, mm-hmm. the kind of drawback of taking those those uh, gambles on them. This particular enemy was crafted to have a really bad melee attack, which is why he kept missing. But he also had an extremely accurate ranged attack that had a minimum range on it. Hmm. So the hope was that you guys would, would um, notice and be able to get back in before he got a turn. Unfortunately, he got a turn. <laughs> Thankfully, it was a, <laughs> a, a well-defended shot. But yeah, when you get when you get nuked uh, to zero, unless the enemy is particularly vindictive, you just are down for the combat, and you come back with an injury, and you guys have to go spend money trying to fix it and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, that was definitely a gamble I took, pushing evasion up and not going for the armor. Hmm. Uh, the other thing on that, though, just just in general, is while the evasion score is a is a good way to like that is a playable way, it's actually not intended to be an exact balanced trade between having heavy armor and no evasion and having no no armor and high evasion. It's supposed to be a realistic trade in that you will be shot at and manage to dodge most of the things coming to you, but eventually something is going to hit you and it will feel like being shot. <laughs> so uh, you, you, you may eventually want to put something else on because the next guy who shoots you with a pistol will put a bullet through you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that will yeah. give you some material to look at for future stuff and then we'll continue on with the next one here um i'm i'm hoping we're gonna we're doing kind of short sessions because i'm trying not to run you guys too late in the evening and stuff but i think we will probably conclude within the next one or two so sure okay cool. well, sounds good okay. cool. All right. see you later see you online